Hey, just a quick announcement before the episode starts. A few, actually. First of all, I'm sorry that the episode's long, uh, and I'm sorry for doing an announcement in the beginning of a long episode, extending the episode by even longer. Sorry. Well, I, I'm not sure how quite to say this, but this is one of the final episodes of the campaign. As for the future of the podcast, I suppose you'll have to tune into the discussion episode that will be in a few episodes from now. This is actually the third to last episode of the campaign. There's two more, and then a discussion episode, which we will find out what will happen to the podcast. Besides that, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but in the description, we put a link to our new shirt. Whoa, we have 20 Effect merch. So rock that merch wherever you are. I know we have a few listeners in Cambodia. Shout out. Rock these freaking shirts in Cambodia. One last thing. Uh, we did a modified version of the the Adventure Zone uh, powered by the apocalypse thing that they did in the end. Uh, you know, the heart, body, mind. I made it really simple for the guys t- to get into it. I could explain it in five minutes so it doesn't take that long. Which just means that they roll 2d6, and based on that roll, they can either completely fail, mixed success, which means they get to do the thing they want, but they also take some sort of penalty, or do the thing that they want. It just worked better with what I was doing. I think one or two of them aren't doing Powered by the Apocalypse, or maybe like halfway through we switched, but I announce it like I make it clear. So um, yeah, here's the episode. One battle is won, but the war is not over. Across the city, our heroes are scooped into these time-fluctuator-powered tentacles and whisked away from this time and dimension, away from their allies and away from their goal. With no way back, their only option is to fight, but sometimes it isn't enough. But this is all they can do. This, according to Frolic, is their last shot. This is it. This is. Kotobumi. The seven people enter the portal after Ada has just been taken down. The portal closes behind them and in front of you stands seven enemies. Gone the good. Drizdel, Bentley, Charles, Ruby, Roku, and Martin. Gon says, Listen, man, let me kill you real quick so I can do a chill hangout with my boys, Faltir and Flip. And Roku says, Everyone stand back. I want to face this skilled warrior alone. He's no match for me. And Martin says, I'm sorry for what I'm about to do. Hopefully you make it out of this alive. And Ruby says, Now that my signature Ruby got stolen, I think I'll become a mask kind of person. Mind if I take yours? (laughs) 
And Drizdel says, Die quickly, please. We have to return to the Queen. And finally, Bentley says, Yes, we shall return to the Ruined Kingdom and the Queen will be pleased with our resurrection. And Charles just stares at you with this shit-eating grin. What do you want to do? So, uh, I say, uh, oh, oh, Charles, you have no idea what you've done. You've taken my one true thing that I thought I could live with so that I could finally be feel normal again. So believe me when I tell you, your death will not be quick. Bring it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just, I didn't think he's going to be like, well, come on then. <laughs> <laughs> he's feeling confident. He's got his boys with him. Roku steps forward with his six weapons in hand, and he's slowly walking and then jogging and then running towards you. Okay, with so I was thinking of Roku was going to challenge me first. What I would try to do is like wait, like so he would stand there waiting because he's like, you know, he's pretty pissed off right now about this whole situation that's come about, and he he would stare, watching uh, Roku run at him, and then right when Roku gets close, he would just try to like punch right through his chest all right give me a body roll oh man oh god (laughs) that's a fail too oh no it's a mixed mixed success success. yes so you punch through his chest you feel the sludge wrapping around your hand the rune on your shoulder glows roku does this flurry of blows with these six weapons on you that just wrecks up your chest and arms and he actually gets your pinky finger and chops it off and he backs off like five feet away uh kind of chuckling as the sludge falls from the the wound in his chest and it starts to heal up and he stares at you smiling as the rest of the six of them start to walk forward fuck oh god am i missing something here oh no because they're just, they're just going to keep recovering. So, there's only one wizard, right? You see one magic caster, but from what you know, one of the gnolls can do something funny involving uh, telekinesis. Okay, so I think... Okay, seeing that he could probably regenerate, I think what I... So, I think what I'll try to do is, like... No, because stunning him only lasts a turn. Don't think his <laughs> in D&D, like I said. I know, but I can't think otherwise. <laughs> I can't think otherwise. I'm trying to think of this logically, but the, the, you're telling me to not think logically. You're telling me to think brutishly. I think what he, I think what Coda would do, I think he would, I think he would try to pick up the guy and like throw them at all of them charging at him. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> Since he seems like he's a pretty big guy, right? Well, it would only be able to hit like at most two, but uh, yeah. God damn it. I mean, it'll slow them down, I guess. Something. Because I can't think of anything else. Like, I don't know what anime-wise he could possibly do. Because, <laughs> again, he just, like, what am I going to do? Punch the living shit out of this guy millions of times until he turns to fucking dust? Sure. That's what a complete success would have done. <laughs> Fuck it. Whatever. I'll go for that. I'm. So what are you doing? I think I'm going to try to use the four fists and just... Try to like, okay, I'm either going to try to, I have to pick one, I bet. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. All right, I'm going to blow his arms off. 
All, all of them? All six? All six, so that he can't hold his weapons. And then I'm gonna try to, if if I succeed, I'm gonna try to quickly catch them and like, like throw them in a direction. Okay. So let's let's risk my life here for this. Damn Big it! Success. <laughs> oh oh my god! You got a nine. So you blow all of his arms off, and he screams in pain as they all fly into the air, and two of the swords land in your shoulder and back. Damn it! As he falls onto his knees as the six of them approach. But first and foremost, Charles zips behind you and goes to put two of his legs into you. Uh, And at the same time, the fancy-looking Noel holds out a hand. You feel your skin start to seize as he's attempting to make you freeze in order to make this stab more lethal. So, uh, roll me a, uh, a mind. Oh, well, I'm fucked. You've gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> he rolled oh, a nine. Man. What? Oh, God. So you break free of this mind control, but the uh, stab from Charles still gets into your leg as you attempt to dodge. What do you do? I think I'm just gonna try to clap my hands together and like pop off his head. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm not creative, Justin. I'm so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Thank God. That's a full success. <laughs> As you spin around at Charles, who has this claw on your leg, you look down at the claw. You look up. And use all four arms to do this supercharged clap and just burst his spidery head into nothing, like a watermelon. And he just falls limp, and you get that claw out of you. As you see, the rest of them starting to run towards you. And uh, the first one up is Trisdell with his uh, Is there axe. no way I would be able to run at all? Like, I'm just yeah, stuck go. there? Yeah, sure. You'd run. Because, yeah, I would try to not be surrounded by all of them. Sure. As you run towards the only place you can go, which is the forest, and they chase you. But you run, you know, you're a quick boy, and you dash off towards the forest. Okay. What do you do in the forest? So I want to try to, like, um, because, wait, wait, wait. So Charles, right? Was there any, like, venom or, like, poison or anything in his, like, claw? Uh, no. As you examine his claws, you can see that they're supercharged with something. Okay, and, you... and um, the uh, and my hands would they be covered in anything? Uh, no. Damn it. Okay, because I had some. I, I was gonna lace my darts with poison, but I guess the claw will do. So you're gonna rip it off as you run by? Yeah, as I'm going into the forest, I'd rip it off, and then I would try to like. I think I would I would wrap it real quick so that my blood wasn't like flying all over the place so they couldn't track me anymore. Um, and then at this point, I throw the cape on. Okay. Or the cloak, the cloak, so that I'm invisible. Yeah, you are invisible now. So at this point, I hide in the trees. Okay, as you see them slowly approaching. Until they all stop. And you see Ruby hold out his two hands and go, I'll get him out. And... The trees start to shake. Okay, so I see Ruby doing that, right? Yes. 
Okay, so can I... Man, this is going to suck if I miss. <laughs> I wanted to throw um, a dart like... Oh, wait, but they'll regenerate! Fuck! I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think. Do I, like, hear any other creatures here? Oh, yeah, there's, like, little fairies and unicorns and all these... Uh, like mystical creatures that are generally peaceful. Does one look like a healing fairy by chance? No, not the Son spell here. <laughs> Son of a whore. All right. Um, worst case scenario, I don't know how Ruby fights. Obviously, my character wouldn't either, so I can't meta this, uh, which is good because <laughs> in a situation like this, I might think to, to be honest. But I think what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to jump over to, like, a tree that's above them. Okay. The closest one. Yep. And then I'm just going to, like, punch the top off over them. Oh, okay. Since I have to act anime about this. (laughs) Sure. In order to do what? So my goal is to basically, um, A, hopefully hit Ruby with this. And B hit anybody else involved so that it slows them down because they're going to have to regenerate. Okay. And then if it succeeds, I would like to like also continue to run. Yeah. Because obviously they're going to look at the fucking tree and assume they, you know, I'm right there. But I am in, I, I mean, I'm going to do this obviously invisible because that's my only hope here. Son of a horse's <laughs> balls! <laughs> a nine, a mixed success. The top of the tree flies accurately towards ruby who's like oh shit as it lands on him but in this moment where you punched it off the cloak ruffles a bit and gone the good gone the good says there martin steps forward chains come these purple oral chains come from his body and go into the ground You stare at that for just like half a second as these chains come up the tree and then wrap around both of your legs. As uh, the one with the flaming fists runs forward and starts running up the tree. Oh my God. I'm strongly debating what the right move here is. Of course, you can always say like, I would like to make some sort of like mind roll to see blank. I want to blank in order to blank, you know? Yeah, but if I do that and I fail, ain't I just going to get hit? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, so that's a that's terrible. <laughs> um, and my mind isn't even good, clearly, because I fucking... Oh, God. In the distance, you see Roku finally gaining his bearings again, picking up all of the weapons on the ground as his arms have regenerated. Okay, um... Okay, all right, here's my thoughts. Because I'm a swole boy. <laughs> yes, you are. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, like, a, a big stomp on the tree to, like, shake the whole thing. Yeah. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump as hard as I can in, okay. just, in just a direction so that the dude holding me with the chains either lets go or, follow, or, or like, gets pulled by me. Yeah. Now, here's what I'm scared of. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to say it because that'll give you an idea <laughs> and then I'll die. So, you know what? We're just going to... I'm just going to... I'm going to make a mind roll first. Oh, for what? You want to what in order to what? 
I want to look around the area to see if if there might be a bet a solution to um the slot the sludge nearby or the 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 corruption. Okay. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> All right. Thank you, oh. God. <laughs> Dude, this 11. game is fucking rigged. Time slows down as you see this man with flaming fists running up the tree. And you just scan the area looking for anything that could help you against these regenerating assholes. And you look back at Roku. The chest thing has been healing. And you could see it's healing from a certain direction. And you see the arms are, the sludge comes from a certain direction too. And that direction is the gut. The gut? Yes. Okay. All right. So with that said, I'm going to do my plan still. But instead, because I'm assuming that Roku is farther from them, like much farther from them, I'm going to jump at him. Okay. And so this, (laughs) this flaming fist man is making his way up and he's right in front of you now as what do you do now oh shit because i didn't do the stomp yet yeah can i switch the stomp to just pushing him off or or, you know what you know what i'm gonna test my theory (laughs) okay so i'm gonna try to punch through his gut and if i succeed you know when i punch through his gut i'm gonna aim more towards where i see it recovering more specifically yeah and when I do that, if I succeed on punching him, I'm still going to jump, but I'm going to hold him with me. Sure. And again, I'll still jump towards Roku. But yes. Okay. So I'm going to roll and I'm going to fail. Or not! <laughs> A 12, baby. As you punch through the gut of Bentley, he immediately vomits all of this black sludge. The flames go out. As you hold in your hand one of the eggs but it looks different it there's a bunch of like these spines coming from it attaching to various bits of his body and you jump with all of your might towards roku you're flying through the air like a bullet at him and he could see you holding that egg and he could see you charging towards him with a fury as uh he releases weapons and he takes a gulp what do you do in this moment so, because I know he can fuck me up, because he has, uh, <laughs> I still think this is rigged, by the way. I've gotten three nines and two sixes, and I, like, one four. This is a, this system is rigged, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. I think when I jump towards Roku, because I'm already jumping in there. Uh, what happened with the chains, by the way? You broke through them. Oh, okay, I thought the dude would have came with me, but okay, good, good. That still gives me enough time between me and them so that's good because i'm sure the jump was pretty fucking far um so when i when i come down i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna just try to do the same thing but instead i'm gonna try to land on top of him not that it matters because i take half damage from leaps anyway so it's not like i have anything to fear but just to plate to pin him on the ground and then i would just try to punch right through his gut real fast too sure And, and if i succeed i would like I would want to do like a cool little thing where I'm holding both the eggs in my hands and then yeah. I would just crush them. Okay. Ah! Oh, no. a it's, mixed a, success. it's a mix. It's a mix. <laughs> Got Nate. 
As you tackle him to the ground and you do a little roll, he actually recovers extremely quickly from this tackle. Bentley, his flames are starting to flicker on his fists again as he's starting to turn around and look at you. You just squeeze it. (laughs) And he goes limp. And he falls into a slime that just falls to the ground. As Roku comes towards you, immediately behind this slime pile, and he cuts you across the chest and he's on the other side of you now and you're bleeding heavily and in the background they seem a little more a little bit more desperate now as they all have realized that you've just clicked something in your head and they're all on a full sprint towards you but in the background gun the good is preparing something ah fuck i'm not sure because at this point i'm not even sure how many hits i can take I mean, I could bandage it up all I want, but I'm still going to be fucked. You're all right, but you've taken worse hits than this before, obviously. I'm going to have to risk it. Is there any way that I can, like, lessen the risk? What do you mean? Because, like, I mean, obviously, you know, like, if I attempt something, right, that means that I have to fully rely on that roll. But is there any way that I can potentially make it so that I don't take damage from the fuck up? Or am I just guaranteed to take damage on the fuck up if I fail? Not fail, but, you know... Do the middle one. Because I. That's cause The middle one almost feels like I'm still getting fucked, I feel. If you can think of a punishment that is not. Because either way, you would still be fucked in the next turn, you know? That's true. If you want to, instead of taking damage, put yourself in a vulnerable, vulnerable place, I can, uh, I can arrange that. I would. First of all, you sound like you would <laughs> like that idea more because I can't hit <laughs> by all of them. So. No. <laughs> you know what? Oh, wait, but would they still be able to see me? Um, No, actually. The only person who is vaguely aware of you is Roku. Okay, so with that said, I'm just... I'm, I have to go for it again. Otherwise, Roku will fucking kill me. Okay. So I have to There's try to... high stakes. It's It's been high stakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if I succeed and punch through and get the egg and, um, and get the egg... I think I would pick I would pick him up and throw him into the forest and then like obviously like you know once the you know, he gets close to them from being thrown I would yeah I would obviously like pop it and then run into the forest myself because then they're going to get covered in that sludge. Okay. So it's almost like uh like blinding them. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go for that. Oh, oh <laughs> 11 plus 3, get a good old 14. That's a massive, that's a massive pass. You, like lightning, before he could even swing down any of his weapons, you retrieve his orb and with your other two arms, toss him overhead and squeeze it over them like a rain cloud. The, the sludge falls as you sprint towards them. Okay, so now that I'm sprinting towards, would they have? Do I do I visibly see that like you know their sight is kind of fucked up right now? You got Bentley, you got Charles. There's four left. So the three in the front, Drizdel, uh, Ruby, and Martin, they're all fucked up. But Gone the Good stayed back because he was preparing something, and he gets the sludge in his eyes, and he just closes his eyes, and he just keeps doing what he's doing, as it's about to pop off. So, okay, all right, all right. So I see him by himself. Yeah. Uh, so I would run past those three, uh, you know, like, obviously around. I'm not going to go straight into them because that'd be stupid. 
So I'm going to run through the the woods, uh, through the forest, and then I'm just going to come out from the side out of nowhere towards Gone the Good, and I'm just going to strike it real quick. Like, just go right for the gut real fast. Okay, so at the same time, he uh, opens his eyes and looks directly at you as he says, True sight, baby. And a icicle coming straight up out of the ground towards your gut is coming up at the same time. Um, what do you do? <laughs> so I would use the astral arm to break it. And then I would uh, finish what I started. Go for that gut. All right. Ah, ah That's a yes. 10. That's a success. Yes. <laughs> oh, good luck, baby. <laughs> the astral arms just like snap this like three foot long icicle that was coming towards you and just tosses it aside as you quickly just reach in reach out like nothing grab that egg um and then hey whoa whoa be careful with that yeah just pop right there pop he just disintegrates so now i'm gonna put some distance between me and them again a little bit so i can really think about what to do next and then i would remember the claw that i have there's three of them left and are they all bunched up together? Sort of. They have different speeds, and they've just been running back and forth. So I'd say the two melee are, are together, Martin and uh, Trisdale. Okay, and they still can't see me, but but Ruby can get me out, like, in the open, so she'll be able to find me. So the smartest bet is to take out Ruby, because then the other two have to then try to figure out how to find me. I'm thinking about this, right? Right? I mean, you couldn't exactly tell me, but like, <laughs> in my character's perspective right now, Ruby's the problem, correct? Possibly. Martin did get you with the chains. Oh, yeah, but that was because I, you know, they saw the, the little cloak sure. move. Are you in the woods? I'm in the woods, yes. But like, I'm, I put myself at a distance from them and I'm like, I'm thinking about what my next move is. Okay, let me pop off what was about to pop off then okay. <laughs> to get the brain juices flowing. As these trees begin to uproot themselves and the mystical animals around you begin to float, and so do you. As you begin to float up and up as these trees start to slam into you and around you and just in this big orb in the sky leaving you crushed in between all of these trees leaving your head exposed and ruby points and says right there and uh running up a chain towards you is martin lifting his giant pole arm up over his head so okay i think in this situation my character would they would squeeze out and i'm gonna go ahead and assume that if I throw a whole fucking tree at somebody, that egg's gonna explode. Possibly. If it works. <laughs> yeah, if it works. Um, I mean, worst case scenario, if I get the middle, I still at least get out of the trees. So, why, why, why throw it, right? Why throw it? Why not just swing at all three of them? Oh, shit. Well, there's only two who's within your grasp now. Drizdell's right behind Martin, who's about to attack you. I mean, it's a giant fucking tree. Sure, you might be able to, to scrape Ruby a bit. That's okay. All right, that's fine. I'll, I'll slam for the I'll slam for the both of them. I'll try to swing the shit. I mean, if I get out, then the attempt is to try to swing the tree that had me pinned down as hard as I can, like a bait, like a like a fucking baseball bat, right through them to explode the eggs. Uh, so I guess I'll roll for that. Yeah. 
Oh. Well, not a fail, but not a success. <laughs> <laughs> I still got out, like I said. <laughs> you get out of this... <laughs> Let's be honest, this uh, ultimate devastation <laughs> of sorts. As you squeeze out, you grab onto the nearest tree and heave with all of your astral powers. And Martin jumps just in time as Drizdale gets split in half by this tree and dissolves into a black sludge, a black mist, even. That's how hard you hit him. And oh, Martin God. comes down and slams his polearm on your head, breaking your skull and leaving you blind in one eye and knocking that bit of your mask off. I just want to say for the viewers, it goes without saying that I'm not a Spanish man with a mustache and afro anymore. <laughs> uh, I, my character is, I mean, I, I said it from the very beginning, but I mean, it's been a long time, so they are a changeling. Uh, so you would see, you know, just straight up like full white eyes. So you probably wouldn't tell at first that they're blinded in that eye now, but yeah, they're blinded in that eye now, which sucks balls. You're woozy. You're bleeding heavily. And uh, he lands on this floating tree fortress next to you. Now, this guy, he's hit you harder than anyone who's hit you so far has done. So he's something not to be messed with. I'd probably, like, after getting clocked in the head like that, I'd be like, that's uh, that's probably one of the strongest strikes I've ever taken in my life. Who who were you? I was the best damn royal guard in the Ruined Kingdom. Uh, he, like, you know, he just breathes, and uh, I, he just says, well, you can thank Charles for this. As uh, I pull out the, uh, like, the leg, uh... flip it in my hand, and just stab <laughs> him through the gut with it. Right through the egg. Okay. Yeah! That's a 10. <laughs> in the blink of an eye, you're standing 10 feet away from him, and then all of a sudden, you are next to him, holding this Charles Claw that's in his gut. And he looks you in the eye as the black sludge is coming from his mouth, and he says, Thank you. As he falls and disintegrates. As you turn into Ruby, who goes, Oh, seems like I'm alone. Well, it's time to go off then. As these trees start to collapse and fly around in this sort of tree-nado, <laughs> for lack of a better word, and they're knocking into you as you start to fall, but they keep you afloat in this blizzard of wood and shrapnel and just the viscera of the animals that used to live here. What do you do? This is, I'm not sure how to, how to explain this. So I think uh, as a form to show like just how strong they really are and how far they've come, I think Koda would start using their astral arms almost like wings to start flying down towards Ruby. Okay. And then... Dodging trees on the way. Yes, exactly. Like jumping off the debris, using like tree branches to like spin off of them and all that kind of noise. Like, you know, just, just typical like badass stuff. And then uh, once they get close enough, I think that bring all four, well, not all four actually, probably, but just the two, just, just to show that like they, they didn't even need the astral arms to pull off the shit that he's about to do. And he would just push both of his hands through the gut, like. Like, just dive right in <laughs> and then rip them in half from the, from that center that they're grabbing. 
tear them purely in half. And then afterwards, they would just reach right into the guts, pull the egg out, and just just crush it. And as you're in the air, like a bullet coming towards Ruby, he smiles and he points up as there's a tree coming down like it's a guillotine trying to cut you in this path. And it is now a race to see if you can beat this tree that is coming down to crush your spine. Oh, so in other words, this is it. In other words, if I if I roll bad, Coda dies. Can I just wait for the fucking tree to come down? <laughs> I mean, you're in midair. <laughs> so I don't really have a choice. Yeah. Then yeah, there's there's no other way. I uh, I have to do this. <sighs> really wish that seven wasn't just now. Okay. Let's do it. Oh, oh shit! Oh. <laughs> oh my and God, twelve. As you even do a flip and kick off this tree for extra speed, and you blast through Ruby, holding the egg, as he lands on the ground, completely split in half. As he hurries to heal himself, you look him in the eye, and you break it in your hands. As this mystic falls place is just completely destroyed. I would look up in the air, uh, just like taking in. Is there like is there like wind or anything like any uh, leftover wind from the tornado? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I would just I would just look up with that uh, feeling that on my face because I don't really ever feel anything on my face ever. And uh, I would just say, thank God it's over now. Now she can rest. Now we can rest. As he's like, he's pretty convinced that like these wounds will probably kill him. And he just, he just sits, you know, he's just standing there looking at his hands. And then like, because his vision's kind of blurry, he, he starts to envision seven hands, starts to cry. Without like, not like wailing or anything, but just like tears coming down. As he was able to survive this with his seven minds all at once. You take a knee as this is pretty overwhelming as you realize now that you're stuck here. And you spend a lot of time thinking about what you've just done, all the things that led you here. And this takes hours, maybe days, as you wander around thinking about the first time you were here and the deaths of your comrades and what that ultimately led to and you end up going back to the spot where they had died. And you could see that that crack where Faltier got his powers is still there. There's no mystic falls, but you're able to look inside. And even if you jump high enough, get a grip on it, you can fit inside. And you see this different world in there. And in the distance, you see a house. You see mountains, you see champion mountains, and from this house in the distance, you could see a blue light going upwards and piercing the sky, an alluring blue light. And next to it, as if beckoning you, meowing, is a blue cat.
Ada Fellwinter. Oh shit. Still alive. What? Staying alive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was singing it into my coffee cup as I was taking a sip. <laughs> as you cough, as you feel like dust in your lungs, mm. like this dirt dust, and you feel a stinging sunlight on your skin. Uh, like, am I like unconscious and like I'm waking up? Yeah. So she would probably just be laying there, slowly opening her eyes. When I open my eyes straight up, what do I see? You are on a dirt road and you are in a city that's kind of like kind of quiet, but you hear distant like screams of pain as you look around and you're in this kind of like a desert city and you're in kind of a poor part of the town. Uh, After like a bit of her just laying there in, you said dirt, not sand. Yeah, like a, well, sand dirt, like packed sand, I suppose. She she would be like staring up, looking at the sky and going, is this for afterlife? Am I dead? You look around and you see like beggars nearby. They look at you from a distance curiously. But as you do a little bit more examining, you see a banner that instantly takes you back as you see the face of Schmibble. The fuck? <laughs> and you look yeah. around and you could see a, a statue of Schmibble. You could see streets named after Schmibble. Schmibble Road, Stribble Lane. And uh, yeah, you found yourself in this city owned by none other than Schmibble. So like, she sits up, picks up her hat, Let's the jacket fall and goes, yep, I'm in hell. <laughs> Is like my sword next to me and shit like that? And my yeah. pistol? She would probably put her pistol in like its holster where, like you would see her holster because of her jacket's off. And so she would like put it in her holster, grab her sword, grab her jacket, use the sword to help her get up. I, I picture she got like a stab wound across her chest because that's where I got slashed with like an axe. Yeah. You're bleeding there. Yeah. Flinching pain as soon as I realized, ow. So she would like look down, like like see it and be like, it seems like they miss my arteries. I <laughs> guess I'm going to either this is going to get infected and I die or someone's just going to stab more into it. So she like fixes her, her jacket and like basically you would use her sword almost like a cane. Yeah. As the... One of the closer beggars mm -hmm. starts to get up and walk slowly towards you with a hobble. Damn, I'm over here ready to fucking throw hands already because I'm in a zone I don't want to be. <laughs> so like, she's in pain. She's watching him. She She's like holding her wound, but it's really too high that she's almost got her gun ready. Okay. The beggar stops like 20 feet away and is staring at you in this showdown. And he says, You should have gotten Schmibble when you had the chance. We were never freed, and now we're slaves forever. It's your fault, Ada. You made the wrong decision. Oh god, I am in hell! Fuck! <laughs> From its mouth, black sludge starts to pour out. Oh no. 
Uh, oh no. Oh fuck, not this again. <laughs> uh, I like I quickly like look for like the path that has least amount of people around, so I can hobble my fucking injured ass away from this shit right now because I'm not in condition. <laughs> you start like limp jogging down an alley. As you glance back, he whiplashes his head back to the sky, and this long black tentacle shoots up and is waving around as he begins to hobble chase you as well. What do you do? Oh no. Fuck! I got away from these! Oh, fuck! I'm pretty sure because my injured ass won't be able to actually make it. I'm just gonna aim for like three chest shots right into him because she is too injured to fuck around with the fucking sword right now. Okay. As her transportation. Basically, I want to do three shots. At least one of the three are going to be a kill shot. Okay. The other, the other two would be to like slow him down at least. But they're all chest shots. I'll do a headshot. I'll do one headshot. The one okay. the kill shot would be a headshot. All right. All right. Roll two d six and then add your body. I got thirteen. Oh shit! Full success. <laughs> the shots ring out as the bullets blow like three inch holes straight through this guy and then through his head as well as it breaks through the tentacle and he lands on the ground as you keep going forward but you could tell that he's still trying to get up but you've definitely stopped him you continue down this alleyway until you get to the end and you could see two blocking your way Two of these poor beggars. Question, I need to know items around my surrounding. Forget the beggars. I need, like, (laughs) walls, crates, boxes, anything like that. It's 10-foot wide alley. Uh, There's a dumpster, some trash cans, and a fire escape. Oh, okay. That's better. I was expecting you to be, like, wooden crate uh, on top of a, a platform. But is the ladder down or no on the fire escape? No. So, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to have to sadly do this. I'm going to notice those guys, leave my sword implanted in the ground, but it's like next to me. In the same motion, I want to try to throw my jacket as a distraction. Oh, shit. But shoot the, the lock on the, the fire escape so it would come down. Okay. Yeah, I'd just say, yeah, roll body roll. I got a five. That's a I complete the- failure. <laughs> I just my jacket. <laughs> I just try to rip my jacket off. You rip your jacket off and throw it, mm-hmm. but you miss the ladder as the okay. two come down the alleyway, and one of them gets a hold of you, and he's holding both of your arms as the other one is picking up your sword, and uh, he is spilling this black sludge from his mouth all these little tentacles coming towards your face what do you do well if i remember anything from my last time i quickly look at my ankle do i still have that symbol on my ankle yes i look him dead i look him dead in the eyes all right fucker if you really want to have a biting war with a fox i'll bite you and i just go for his fucking neck oh my god <laughs> uh yeah give me body roll you have literally you're fighting the, the, the survivalist. I got a nine. A nine, a mixed success. So 
you rip out his jugular yeah. and it makes his neck hang a bit as he lets go and takes a step back to anchor himself but the man with your sword strikes you in the back so what do you do in this moment and you could see the guy who you shot before is coming back down the alleyway from where you came okay so knowing military medical i leave the fucking blade in sure to stop to stop bleeding as much as i as much as i can while any medical supplies right now so that right now is holding the blood in as it's lying very low out is is the one i ripped a juggler out dead no he's like trying to reattach his head is he blocking the ladder yes somewhat but he's a little preoccupied can i grab him because he's preoccupied throw him into his ally and then in this commotion try to bring my painful stabbed ass up that fucking ladder (laughs) yeah give me a body all right (laughs) i like how i keep getting body rolls (laughs) i got an eight okay you grab the guy in front of you who's literally trying to put his head back on and you lift him over your head and throw him into the guy behind you and that stuns him and that actually takes them both down to the ground as you mm-hmm. get onto the ladder and you make three steps up as the man from before who has three healing gunshot wounds grabs onto one of your legs all right so you know what i'm gonna do i look at him i go you, you can see she in her panic state and bleeding state uh, she is definitely fighting to not snap right now. So she doesn't even say anything. She just straight up growls and then just unloads probably the le- rest of her <laughs> lip into the fucking guy's, like, just straight down into him. Doesn't care if it's, like, a headshot or body shot. Just just enough for him to let go. Okay. And then if he does let go, she's just going to start climbing. Because she knows, even though she knows right now, even in her half-broken state, she can't fight these guys right now. <laughs> okay. She's going to lose too much blood. I got a nine again. Okay. You unload into the face of this dude and you feel some freedom as you are now able to climb the ladder and you rush up the stairs as you get to the roof and you notice that still hanging on to you is his arm and it falls into a slime pile on the ground. It starts to re-emerge into this spidery tentacly creature that's jumping left and right and uh it jumps at your face face fuck it i'm gonna quit as soon as i start i see it lunge i'm gonna just quickly take my hat and fucking kung lao throw it it's not gonna do any damage it's just basically to like hit it and then be like what the fuck and then not be able to actually fucking hit me roll yeah body yep (laughs) <laughs> oh no I just why is it every time I throw up clothing it's just like <laughs> your outfit. a five as the spider hits the hat in midair and jumps off of it and lands on your face and you feel the slime spikes going into your skin and stabbing so this thing's body is like on my face right now right yeah uh, at this point Ada was snapped all, all the spider just here is laughter and then uh, I grab the spider and not pull it off I'm actually pushing its body closer to my mouth so I can just because uh, I'm going to eat it 
Oh my god. I'm going to eat it. Give me a heart roll. All right. I got a, a seven. Fuck you, okay? Heart of cards, my ass, Yugi Moto. Okay. So you <laughs> you eat this thing whole. <laughs> you just take it apart bit by bit as it's squirming and it actually tries to get away from you as he as it realizes what's happening. And you shove it into your face as just scraps are left in your hand. And there's blood and slime falling from your chin as you laugh as these three round the edge. And they're giving you this disgusted look like, oh shit. So uh, she would be standing there with like all her fangs showing, grin ear to ear. Uh, her eyes would have turned red at this point and her hair would have been, uh, her fur would have became more like, you know how when a, wolf, a dog wants to fight, it hair sticks up? Yeah. That's how she is. She's not really caring about her injuries anymore. She looks at the three and goes, you want to devour me? I'll devour you all first before you even can. Come on. You already have a sample of me. And it's at this moment after you say you don't care what happens as this thing in your stomach makes one last struggle. And there's a spike of slime that comes out of your skin and re goes back in. <laughs> I as soon as that happens, I I look down. I go, uh, shoot, shoot, put a cough of blood. As soon as it happens, you know, that fucking anime style of a blay. Yeah. <laughs> um, damn, I'm going to do a dumb because she's feral right now. So you have the guys in front of me, right? Yes, all three. There's one ahead so, of the pack, but there's two just I, rounding the corner. I, I uh. I'm ripping that sword out of me. I'm doing a dumb because she's feral. Okay. So she she grabs the blade. Uh, it's in her back. It, uh, you yeah, see, it hurts. Yeah, it's you bleeding see profusely. Flame. Yeah, you hear breathing heavy, and then I quickly dash towards the first guy in front of me. And right before I uh, I do anything, I look him. I go, I'm going to literally shove the gun into his, like any opening he has like his stomach or something as uh i'm going for his neck with my teeth so as soon as my teeth make contact i'm unloading more of my bullets okay. this is perfect this is perfect more perfect than you realize yeah Give i want to know she's she's fucking feral right now and she knows if she, if they can fucking regen if she eats enough of them she should be able to I got a 10. Oh, that's a full <laughs> success. As you run up <laughs> and shove the gun through his stomach. And as you clamp down on his neck, you can see the gun pushes something out. An egg that's still attached to his spine through these weird bug-like tendrils. And as you blow it to bits... <laughs> He dissolves into slime, and he does not get back up. Any slime that's in her mouth, uh, she's just going to eat it. She doesn't give a shit right now. Yeah. This is what she was known for in, like, war, was there was no witnesses, no, and, and every body was destroyed. As the other two look slightly scared, but they continue forward, one runs up, and his fingers come off as sludge pours out and turns into claws as he reaches towards you to uh, gut you. So, uh, I'm going to parry this casual because I'm not no fucking <laughs> casual. So I'm gonna, so as soon as I see him do that, 
I'm going to swing my blade upwards so they would intermeet. In doing so, fucking just gun him in the gut again. Because the last one I have my own personal beef with, I have something different. This is where the podcast might get a little set need a little censorship when I get to that last <laughs> fuckboy. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to parry this casual, uh, gunning him down because get parried. Body? All right. Yep. I got a seven. Fuck me. I'm getting parried, casual. You slice through his two claws yeah. and a shot rings out as he looks you in the eyes, wide eyed. And he falls to his knees and falls into a slime as the one behind him. Through his falling slime, he uses that as a cover for a really long tentacle to impale you through the right side of your chest. Not the titty. Uh, good. You wanna know why? Why's that? Uh, I'm gonna impale his arm with my blade. How are you okay. still alive, you fucking mouse? Just die, Ada. <laughs> You're not gonna survive past this. You're wounded fatally. Uh, so, when he says that, I look at him and go, That's, uh, some big talk for my next meal. I want to know, if I eat your egg, would I gain your regeneration? If not, you better at least taste better than your friends. As, uh, I'm going to literally just stab into his fucking tentacle arm, uh, so he can't pull it back while slicing his fucking arm. And, uh, I'm going to start pulling myself. Like, I'm going to hold on to it while I'm going towards him. And then what? It depends. How does he act with me impaling his fucking arm and everything? And does he pull his, try and pull his arm back and cut himself? I mean, this could be one move, like- Oh, it can? The impale and then the next thing, oh, yeah. Oh, so as soon as I get close enough uh, with the impale, I'm going to shoot out both his knees. Okay. Because this is a process. And I oh, feel like it'd be- this, yeah, this, okay. this is a This is a process. All right, give me a body roll. I, I could tell you're you're heading for something. Like, you want to make this sweet. Eight. Eight, okay. <laughs> you get up to him, yeah. and you blow his knees out, and he falls, and he smiles as he looks up, to, up at you. And he, with his other arm, his tentacle pierces through your gut, and now there's two places where you are impaled, Ada. I take my sword out of his arm. Uh, I'm going to stab him right into the fucking, uh, right in the fucking chest, because I know that ain't where his egg is. Straight down. Uh, so he's pinned into the ground. And uh, as soon as he's pinned, uh, I hold on to, by the way, as soon as I pin him, I, I make sure he does not remove his fucking arm. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to dig, like, my claw into him. And I go, okay. I look at him, I go, you know... When prey struggles, it makes it a lot more fun to devour them because then you hear them scream. And also, you see the fear, the last swimming life in their eyes as it goes slowly as, uh, I eat your fucking egg. Do you want me to roll to see if I succeed with the impale or because next step is going to be a separate roll, I know for a fact. Uh, yes. Okay. You, you literally are giving, I got an R8. Another eight. As you stab through this this man through the chest in order to pin him down, I don't know what else I can do to you. You are on death's door as you're I, starting to black out. Yeah, I know. This is literally me trying to speed my survivalist right now. As from his mouth, another tentacle wraps around your throat and is starting to choke you. As you are now 
about to go unconscious. What do you do? I'm about to go unconscious. I take both my fucking claws. I, I'm like, I like in my head, I'm like, I have to go faster. I just stab them into his stomach and I grab that egg and I start pulling. Okay. Now, this give me a heart I, roll. This is Be not what I wanted. I wanted to eat him. I got 11. Whoa. <laughs> oh, shit. And 11. As you struggle to stay awake, your eyes start to roll back into your head as you begin to pass out. But you imagine your prey struggling there and you can't let him live with that smug sense of pride. And your eyes snap open as your claws reach into his gut and rip it out of his stomach. The egg. Uh, is he does he let go? Uh, no, it's still somewhat a attached. But even if you rip it out all the way and so it's not attached, he's still like composed. But he's just looking at you with the egg in the hand. Uh, all you hear is me grit my teeth. I'm going to curb stomp him in the fucking head. You're going to curve stomp him in the it, head? <laughs> literally, this was his because that's where the tentacle is coming from. So if I could curve stomp him and destroy the head or damage the head, it would release him a tentacle. Okay, if you want to, he just squeezes harder. Okay, I'm going to do that so it, so he releases the tentacle because I need this egg undamaged for what I want to do. So let's let's do. Is that a body? Yes, this is body. Eleven. Oh, another eleven! <laughs> Holy shit! I was going to yeah. take a hard move on you if he did. So I literally Roll just like fail. I literally just all you see is my boot raise up. And all you hear is, I warned you. And then I just go down. Like, you, I picture his, like, jaws open. Yeah. I'm going to kick it where his jaw is so it goes into his fucking tentacle going down. And it slices it, and it just falls apart. As now you are free in the neck, you inhale a large breath of oxygen. <laughs> uh, I, I take, I, I rip it off of me. I purposely move wherever his head is bent now from my kick. His eyes are as uh, I just start eating his egg in front of him. You chomp down on it. <laughs> and he goes, no, oh, no, ah, as he just falls apart with that first bite. You you scarf it down, and it's horrible, it's a horrible taste, as that rune on your leg is glowing very brightly. This is more of a, I'm going to do this because I, it's more of like, I'm eating the heart of my enemy right now. Uh, she's going to fucking sluggishly Go over, grab her blade, and pull it out, and go back trying to use it as a cane, as her feral self is like looking around. Uh, I'm looking for fire. As as you look around for fire, you spot a distant torch, but it starts to get blurry as your knees give out and you fall to the ground, as blood is pooling around you. The world seems to start spinning oh, as boy. you fall in your stomach, hand outstretched towards the the torch with the blood mixing in the sand underneath you as you begin to fade. Cranberry. Yes. <laughs> you sit up very quickly as you know what just happened. You're aware. You watched it happen to everyone. And you're in a forest. 
It's a cold night. Okay. And you stand looking around, and you could see in the distance a burning ruined kingdom. And you look to your right, and just for a moment, you can see Martin Barrett and your human self round the hill and start heading towards the ruined kingdom. Graham shakes his head and looks forward. It's like, ugh, man, this brings me back. There's a rustle in the bushes. As you squint your robot eyes, you can see a wave of black sludge making its way towards Martin Barrett and your past self. Cram breaks from the shadows. Run! As he just tries to dash for towards young Cram and Martin. As you run, you realize this thing is extremely quick and it doesn't look like you'll be able to catch up. But, Uh, appearing very quickly in the path of this sludge wave is a dwarf. (laughs) And let's go back... Hey, what am I doing here? (laughs) And let's go back a little bit as to how he got here. Oh, no. As Stevie was warped into this weird time thing with this tentacle, he fought back. He punched this tentacle as soon as it came, and they were flying through what seemed like <laughs> what seemed like an infinite dimension of nothingness until he landed here in this forest. Oops. <laughs> Hell yeah, Stevie. <laughs> so mad. Such a dwarf. And Stevie knocks back this sludge wave like 20 feet using his two clubs, and it's in between Cranberry and Stevie as it begins to morph into a humanoid shape. Giant, almost as tall as the trees. As it's looking back and forth, it says, How fitting that the two that were destined for death will die here together. Sorry to give you the bad news, but I made my own destiny. Yeah, well, you know, I'm kind of used to dying, so I think I'm going to take a pass on this one, buddy. <laughs> as the two arms on this humanoid turns into spikes and launches both of them in both your directions. What do you do? He's, I mean, my boy, you know who is going to rage. He gets so mad. Stevie gets so mad at this. And he's just going to try to break this spike as it comes towards him. And Cram is going to use his pole arm and vault over the spike onto the arm. Sick. Alright, give me a roll. Nine. Okay. Uh, Close. Since we're dealing with two, who do you want to fail and who do you want to succeed? I think Stevie fails on this one. These spikes are a bit too... are stronger than he thought. Yes. As it pierces through his leg and wraps around it, as Cram is running up this thing's arm. And it reaches back towards Cram as if to try and grab Cram as well. And the other arm holding Stevie is going to whack Stevie against a tree. So what do you do? Cram is going to just run as fast as he can towards the head. Uh, he's going to try to just slam his pole arm, the butt of his staff, yeah, into the eye socket, actually. Yeah. Okay. Stevie. Stevie's going to use his magic rope. Oh, shit. 
and lasso around this guy's neck and try to use the rope's uh, constricting strength and pull himself free of this grab. Okay. Give me a roll. A full success with an 11. Hell yeah. As the club goes clean through the eye socket and Cram is standing on this guy's shoulders and Stevie pulls on this thing's neck until it just breaks clean off and it drops Stevie. Stevie's still having this wound in his leg as the head lands somewhat near him and it sort of dissolves. But it doesn't falter. It just stands there headless. Oh boy. And the body opens up like a upward jaw with these intense teeth and they go to clamp down on Cranberry and the head springs up into a bunch of needles and shoots into Stevie. What do you do? I assume Cram fell down to the floor, right? Yes. No, he's falling into the body of this thing. Oh, okay. It like split in half in order to chomp down on him. He's going to turn his polearm sideways and pry the mouth to stay open and he's just going to He's going to use the large red ruby to cast True Strike on this thing. Oh, shit. Hell Some D&D yeah. up in here, boy. You know it, man. We gotta me do a, it. Uh, you know what? I'll just let it happen because magic items in Powered by the Apocalypse are very um, OP since any kind of advantage is just considered through. very powerful. Yeah. So this thing comes in handy for once as it shines a light to the bottom of this thing's throat, there is a poorly hidden little orb of an egg. Yeah, boy. And when Stevie sees that, Cram. he's, I mean, no, 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 Steve, uh, uh, that, well, that was what Cram did. He, he pried oh, the okay. mouth open so that now he's not, he can't get bit, hopefully. Okay, yeah, okay, and yes hopefully keeping that egg exposed and now stevie on his still needles coming at stevie yep and try to swat i guess he well i guess he's going to try to swat away these needles like hold up his his club to try to block them okay just a quick one hand javelin throw and the other uh a swat yeah he's going to use gertrude's arm to block let's just swat them away okay cool oh my goodness a 13 that's a pass. <laughs> There's such thing as crits, because I think I did it. <laughs> as the javelin pierces through the, the egg and goes into a tree on the other side of Cranberry, and the thing screeches and begins to dissolve as Cranberry begins to fall down and actually just lands in a pile of black sludge. Ugh. It whispers as it dies. It says, Right about now, you're fighting Ruby. If you run, you can make it before they enslave your mentor. But of course, it would mean that you won't make it back to the future. And who knows what might change. <laughs> and he dies. The only thing that's changing is this time, I will actually kill you, Flip. And so, Nino and Saki 
you were riding on your horse towards your comrades in in this fight against all of these giant lowered demons and all of a sudden you just disappear and you're in a different place just like in the snap of a finger you are in Liptis and there's destruction all around you there's fires there's tons and tons of corpses as Nino, you know almost nothing about this, but Saki has a first-hand experience with this, as it is now the time in which the bandits are raiding Liptis to find Loward, the Kaitin bandits. Oh, shit. Um, okay. Do So we're about to fight these bandits, is what you're saying? It's pretty much empty. Like, it's already done. Okay. So, so there's a building in front of us, though, right? Yeah, you're in like the the square, the town square, near the church. Okay, so Saki would probably be like, "Oh, this one, this one remembers." As uh, Nino's like, "Where, where is everyone? Wait, what just happened?" And Saki's like, "This one isn't sure what just occurred, but this one knows that we need to focus up." These ones need to figure out how to get out of here. And uh, Nino just kind of stares. And so, Nino, out of the corner of your eye, you see movement from one of the corpses as one that's kind of like bisected in half at the torso. Black sludge starts to pour out of it and connect its legs to the rest of it. And it begins to get up. We're still immune, right? Because of uh, Blub Blub? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. And it starts shuffling towards you, too. And it says, Saki, are you sure you made the right decision in taking the antidote? Do you feel good in letting your teammates die? This one shares no regrets but one. And it definitely isn't this. As on the other side of you, in the uh, opposite direction, there's two more that are beginning to get up and sort of like stretch their backs as all around you you could see all the corpses are beginning to get up as they've been infected and one of them from the crowd says Nino you have good reason to hate me all of the pain you feel right now is either directly or indirectly caused by me but what really helped me get here and to all of this is your family your uncle for sacrificing his life to gain the power to create all my clones and your parents whose viscera became the concoction to create the hammer and shatter the sky no there's no there's no possible way that's true I feel like I would know that by now wouldn't Faltier have told me he didn't know he was stupid idiot ignorant he's a weasel he's a snake as this one is getting like angry in this little fit the rest of them are starting to get up and become alive as these tentacles come from the wounds and they're starting to approach so i think once you know they're still on the horse so yeah. i think at this point once he sees that saki would go doug let these ones go as uh as Doug would uh, charge forward through one of them to get out of the circle. Okay. 
It's a pretty thick circle right now, but I'll give you this roll. Oh, is it thick, really? Yeah, the whole town's coming on this this area now. Shit. Okay, that I'm not. You still want me to roll it to see? Because I don't know if <laughs> I don't even I think mean, that would work. <laughs> do you want to like you start there and head back? Maybe what I want to roll instead is that the horse jumps over all of them. Okay. Because I feel like going through them, there's a higher chance of it getting hit. So what do you want me to roll for jumping over them? Roll me with like a, a dex mod. 16. Okay. You leap over a small pocket of people. As a tentacle, does a 18 hit the horse? Uh, yes. As it wraps around the leg and the horse goes down and Saki and Nino goes down with it a couple of feet away. As this huge, huge crowd begins to transform into all of these grotesque people until the front row is sliced in half by some sort of wave. As the sky begins to turn dark and above is a flaming meteor as it hits the back half and it explodes, sending dozens of them flying and just disintegrating them as they stand. Holy shit. And through the flames walks your uncle. Your uncle as you knew him. Faultier, just before he abandoned you. Faultier? I, I thought I saw you die. Nino, how? How? How are you here? How are you here? This isn't a good back and forth. One of us needs to explain ourselves. And I can't. Literally, I don't know how I got here. Listen, I don't know what's happening right now, but all these people, they aren't right. I don't know if it's the bug thing or what, but as they're all starting to get back up again, and he steps closer to you, and he says, Well, got some fight left in you? A very small amount of fight, but fight nonetheless. Uh, My new friend here seems like he doesn't mind fighting these things either, which is kind of weird because he looks like them. Nice to meet you. I'm Faltier. This one is Saki. This one is Saki. And, uh, <laughs> this horse over here is Doug. Uh, nice to meet you, Doug. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Like nail, like fingernails on a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> As this huge crowd starts to converge on you. And I think, you know what? Let's just for a moment dip back into Powered by the Apocalypse. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, no, this is bad because my stats are garbage. <laughs> well, give me a plus two this time. Well, actually, wait, what? Oh, no, that's code as shit. I was like, oh, wait. Because <laughs> I didn't uh, want to do this whole thing. Like, I just want this scene to be you back to back with Saki on his horse and all of you just tearing through or possibly failing okay that's fine so then i think what um what nino would be doing is just like slashing through bodies like left and right and then slowly conjuring specters all over to fight with him uh saki because he's like the um the wall now in a sense because he's trying to become that 
um, he would be riding the horse and just charging through like waves and waves of them like left and right while also like sometimes hopping off of the like jumping off of the horse to like disappear into the waves and just yeah. like slit <laughs> like just just like stab through them left and right okay and then i mean whatever you make Valtier do <laughs> sure we'll see on the roll <laughs> very true oh god uh mixed success okay yeah I'll give you two hard choices. Who gets critically injured? Saki or Nino? Oh, God. <laughs> Damn it. Shit. I think there's only... The the only logical one that makes sense. Lauer isn't with me, is he? Um, no. Yep. So there, there really is only one logical um, answer then. But then I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I feel bad. You know what? I think at this point, I think um, Saki feels like their job is done. So Saki will be the one that gets critically injured. And so during this back-to-back fight, as Nino and Faltier are slicing and just blasting away all of these creatures who lived in Liptus at one point, but got infected by bugs and then infected by Flip to this time thing. Saki has been in the crowds and they overwhelm him. And Nino hears a scream from the inside of this large crowd and Faltier sees it too. And he runs over and casts this huge thunder wave, like a ninth level thunder wave. There's like 20 bodies that fly into the air as Saki, they overwhelmed you with their tentacles as they just ripped at you and ripped at you as they have just torn your arm off at the forearm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, ah, 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 ah. They, they got this one. They, they got this one's arm. This one's, oh, this one's bleeding a lot. This one thought they couldn't feel pain anymore, but this feels this feels terrible. Nino. Yeah, Nino would just be like, oh, oh shit. Okay, uh, just just hold on. Uh, fault here. Is there anything we can do? Stand behind me. As he just puts both of his arms outwards, and in a flash, there is just a hundred foot tall wall of ice and wind as all of them in this circle have just been just frozen solid and he falls to his knees as you look around the city and it's pretty destroyed due to what he's just done and what they have caused but it's silent as Saki lays bleeding I uh, I look at Saki and I, I say I can I could probably save you but this is gonna hurt a lot as uh, I pull out I pull my hand out with the magic ring and uh, I use fireball on the wound okay yeah that that hurts that hurts <laughs> almost maybe more than the than the uh, wound itself yeah I would imagine that like you know Saki would start to scream in pain and, and again like he shouldn't be able to feel this pain because technically he's an undead chitin. Yeah. But 
there's just something about this feeling that just feels like just awful to him. And Faltier stands next to you and he looks heartbroken looking at Saki and he looks towards you and he goes, I failed again. Damn it. What what do you mean? We survived. Obviously some time thing is going on and, and I I abandoned you. You're you were just a kid. I'm sorry. I was just trying to protect you. I couldn't protect your friend here either. So Nina would like put his hands on a fall to your shoulder and say, if there's anything that I've learned in this experience throughout this entire journey, it's that you never truly know where you failed and where you succeeded during this, during this journey. I've went through so much heartbreak. I've lost so much, but through it all, I've had reliable friends that have helped me that have helped me get through all of this. So Faltier, I've never truly been alone. I now I have friends now. And and Loward, I mean, he's good. He's doing great. So you didn't fail. If anything, you succeeded massively. He looks back into your eyes and he he swallows, he wipes a tear, and he says, Thank you. I may not have been proud then, but I am certainly proud now to have to be able to call you my uncle. He straightens up. And he says, "So, how how do you get back?" I'm I'm not sure. As a uh, as I start to look around and I see Saki, and I'm just like, "Hey, uh, how are you how are you holding up?" And uh, just, I would Saki finally be able to start like getting up, knowing that he just lost a fucking arm? Yes. And speaking of which. I want to take a minus two to sleight of hand. Yeah, that's a big loss for a fucking rogue. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god. Okay, that's fine. But as he starts to get up, he touches his good hand to the headband, forgetting it was there. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, I think at that point he would wrap it, we'll wrap it around to the the nub now. Cinder, you had no idea what was going on. As soon as people would disappear, you would look and they were just gone. And the same thing happened to you, basically, in which there is a tentacle at your feet. And the next thing you knew, you were in a basement and not just any basement. You are in a wine cellar, which you instantly recognize as the Scarlet Hive. Me. What? She looks down to see if all of her gear is there. To see if all uh, what she's wearing is what she was wearing before. It is. So it's not a dream. What? Why am I here? This makes no sense. And you see all of this familiar stuff that you remember so fondly working at the Scarlet Hive. All of the places that you would sit and take naps every so often just to keep this place that temperature that's needed but you hear a conversation going on upstairs what is the old man doing and she goes to take a peek upstairs you creep up the stairs and crack the door open as this conversation 
is the last conversation that you had with Brackus. And what would that sound like? Cinder. Yeah? I have a job. It's something that I need to do. But we, we have a job here. We just need to repair it. Yeah, well, look around. The city's burnt. No more travelers. We're only dwindling our resources here. We have to move and rebuild. But we don't have the money for that. We don't have the abilities, the lumber. I know. I found some work. Let me go with you. No. Too dangerous. I know I can handle it. Hell, I built this bow with my hands. All I need to do is get enough scratch to cover the wood, and we can start again. All I ask of you is try to find us a good spot. And he hands her a key. Then takes his stuff and starts walking towards the door. You're one of the best assistants I've had, Cinder. Take care of yourself. Don't talk like you're not coming back. <laughs> and Brackus leaves and closes the door. And at this moment, you remember what you did. You took one last walk through of this bar, remembering all the work that you put into it. You would hear your footsteps on the creaking wood. As you then hear yourself close the door behind you and lock it, and the past Cinder takes off. Tears swell up in Cinder's eyes as she remembers the last time she saw Brackus. She pl- leans against the door frame. Where is that stubborn man? And she, cause she still, she still doesn't know he's dead, right? Yeah, she no. doesn't know. Yeah. So, then she hoists herself up, and and probably walks out the door as well. Okay. As you begin to walk towards the door, you pass by the bar, where you could see one of the things that barely survived the fire, which was. Brackis standing next to his father in front of the bar, a portrait of them both, back when his father just opened it up a long time ago. And then you hear a ruckus outside as you begin to unlock it so you could leave. As across the street, there was a competing bar called the Rock Bottom Tavern. It was one of the few that wasn't burned down in this city. And Bushman Rockville is making his way over here, the owner of this competing tavern, and he looks sick. There's black sludge pouring from his nose, as does the crowd with him. And this is where Cinder actually starts backing up into the doorway again and wants to throw some a table against it. Okay. She's going to head up to the upper level and try to uh, stand her crossbow out of one of the like burnt gaps in the wall and take okay. aim. Go away. This is not your tavern. Outside, Bushman Rockville says, <laughs> Brackus is dead. I killed him. There's no point in saving a bar that will never open. And you see him reach behind him and light a match and touch it to a Molotov cocktail and he brings it back. I want to shoot the cocktail. Okay, give me a body roll. A mixed success. So, uh, you shoot the cocktail and 
he catches on fire and as he's on fire he just looks annoyed and his skin's burning but it rapidly heals but some of the fire from this exploding cocktail gets onto the doorway as that begins to burn are there any large barrels of um mead still around oh yeah behind the bar on the lower floor uh cinder wants to just grab one of those crack the top off and pour it on the flame because it has low enough alcohol content it can put it out yeah uh, as you lug the barrel over there, someone jumps through the front window, breaking it, and lands on the ground with shards in them. As he rips out one of the shards and is running towards you. I'm going to crack the top of the barrel and kick it over to... I'm going to remove the top of the barrel and kick it over towards the person and the fire. Hopefully... Okay. Yeah. You wait till he gets close enough to uh kick it off uh no because i also need to shoot him okay so you want to do in one swift move like the distraction of the barrel and then like a quick shot yeah okay actually you know all right <laughs> make this a little cool that what i think is cooler i kick the barrel over and when all the water slushes off i lo- throw the barrel at the person the okay. empty barrel give me a body roll is that a success? It's a full success. Oh, nice. You got a 10, which is a full success. Hell this yeah. barrel puts out the fire on the front door where people are gathering and beginning to try to break it down. And you toss it at this man coming at you, and it takes him down. And at this moment, they're breaking through the, the bar window, and they're also putting their full weight on it in order to bend and break the door. I want to throw a table over and start barricading it up with other furniture. Okay. Uh, you put a table... Well, there's still the guy on the ground. He's starting to get up. Oh. Um, Besides that, you can still do that, but yeah. That's like a free um, action. Yeah, I'll grab a bottle, break it, and just shank the dude as I pass. Okay, where are you shanking him? Uh, neck. Tola neck, you know. This guy is tr- breaking in and entering. Okay. Give me a body roll. Oh, <laughs> 10. Hell yeah. Uh, with this complete success, you stab him in the throat and you dodge the the sludge that comes out of his mouth in order to impale you. But Oof. you can see from the cuts and the stab that he's healing from a certain direction on his body. Like this heal comes from a pinpoint. Which point? Can I discern that? Somewhere towards the middle of his body. I'm trying to put one and one together with this one. What has Cinder seen with these things? He's, she's seen people throw up sludge, right? Yes. Yep. That's what they do. They do from a lot the, of that. From the center of their body, she's going to assume maybe the stomach? Okay. She's going to take out a crossbow and shoot point blank-ish right into his stomach okay click um yeah give me a body roll that a seven is good okay which is a mixed success it's not a failure oh it's below seven failure uh yes six is a failure oh geez as at the same time he kicks you in the in the leg and it makes you trip but you do get that 
spear-sized crossbow bolt in him. And as you trip, you land on the glass that he had. He had it prepared Ouch. for when you landed. And you have a shard of glass in your side as he dissolves into nothing, into just a puddle on the ground. All right, you sons of a gooey bitches. Come at me. And she's going to try to tend to her wound first and okay. remove the shard of glass with, and grab a bottle of hard alcohol and just kind of pour it on to make sure it's disinfected. Yeah. As you would hear, footsteps hit the wood floor of this bar and you peek over and you could see two people climbing inside, one of them being Bushman Rockville. Mm. Come out wherever you are. Cinder. Um, she's gonna try to sneak out like a burnt hole in the wall out the back. You creak open one of the uh, one of the, the more burnt walls. It's easy to bend one of the planks in order for you to make an escape to squeeze through. Then you get out. And as she leaves, she's gonna uncork that bottle of high of, of grain alcohol that she grabbed. Light the tip of her crossbow. Oh shit. And just make a Molotov and drop it in there and leave. Okay. You jog forward as you see the Scarlet Hive go up in flames. You keep running as you hear screams come from within it. As you get a good distance away and just watch it burn. He stands there for a bit watching as this home of hers burns. Magisai. Hi. Why haven't you arrested my gang, by the way? Because uh, that's my one question. Yeah, that's the my issue here. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I knew I, I was with uh, Kota and everyone. You have just witnessed this giant alien being come onto the shores and start fighting with something. And as you turn around, you could see a lot of people rounding the corner and just annihilating all these nepneps that are standing still. It is reinforcements as they're running down the street and saying, Hey, are you infected? Fuck no, I'm like the one that hasn't. <laughs> as they catch up to you and they have this sort of bubble person with them and they kind of scoot it forward. It's mean? just like this living bubble on the ground oh. and it says, clean. <laughs> it's fucking bubble boy. <laughs> <laughs> and this lady says to you, this bubble is what makes us immune. So if you don't mind, it's going to clean you inside and out and you won't be able to be infected anymore. Uh, 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 can I roll inside to see if she's bullshitting me? Yeah, go ahead. Because <laughs> I don't have enough bullshit with people in this goddamn campaign so far. Uh, I got an A. I mean, oh, you're I unsure. Mean, I mean, no, a 10. <laughs> you're a little less unsure, but you're still unsure. <laughs> but she's like, come on, blub, blub. I'm too in I'm too injured to even fucking care right now. 
Okay. Yeah, to be 100% honest, I'm like half health. You're speechless just staring at this woman as this bubble flies up and around you. And in your state of just not knowing what the hell is going on, your mouth is slightly open and it goes in and out in the blink of an eye. And (laughs) yeah, maybe it it makes you gag a little bit, but uh, (laughs) it comes out and says, clean. And uh, this woman says, my name's Gertrude. Welcome to the group that's going to kill Flip Flippington. You want to kill Flip Flippington, the shittiest wizard in the world? Hell yeah. You're my best friend. <laughs> I want you to know I get killed. Sure. Go ahead. Thanks. I have a point <laughs> to prove. I have a point to prove. We're splitting up into groups, heading down the city, and just killing all the infected in our path. Let's go. Have you seen uh, uh, a like a bug person and a and a, okay and a- Saki's nearby but you know he's you know he doesn't have anything to say <laughs> listener I Brian mean, isn't currently here but yeah <laughs> I know I'll just make sure my team's okay yeah so you're just splitting into groups going down the streets okay all right you got any like healing or anything with you guys I would appreciate that. <laughs> As you guys are uh, making your way down the street, and she goes, "Oh yeah, there's some clerics in the further back group. I, if you want I, to meet up with them, I, I just start. I, I I just give her a thumbs up, <laughs> and I go because I am at half health, no spell with one spell slot." Okay. <laughs> you break off from the group as you run backwards towards the further back supporting groups, mm-hmm. and for a moment. There's no one around you. It's weirdly quiet. You see the group way behind you, and you look forward, and you can see a a group that's coming towards you. And you see in front of you just this bundle of tentacles appear out of thin air, and they just disappear. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Does that make you stop or keep running? I'm so so I would go the other way that they were that they that the opposite direction of the goddamn tentacles. <laughs> okay. You begin to run the opposite direction <laughs> and from an alleyway you could see like a hundred foot tall tentacle coming down to slam onto you, but then it just disappears. I hate this. I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. Uh yeah, so I'm gonna am I heading back towards the, the, the party I just left? Oh, yeah, at this point you are, yeah. Uh, can I roll, like, Arcana or anything? Because I, on, like, the monster? I don't know what you would make me roll, because I just want to know if I know anything about this monster. Sure. What What do you want me to roll? Um. History? Roll a history. All right, cool. I have a plus 15 in that. Oh, my goodness. Not plus 15, my bad. I got a 26. Nice. You look at that tentacle and you realize that it's the same like material of tentacle that you've seen come out of some of these infected before. And this is not something that you remember any of the infected doing ever. I don't like this, Chief. I don't like this. All right. Um, As you look down and realize that one's wrapped around your leg and you reach down to maybe swat it or cast a, a spell to make it go away. Yeah. 
and the floor changes beneath you instantly. Nani. Into tile. Into tile? As you're no longer outside, you are indoors. The fuck is going? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? As you look up and realize that you're in the lobby of a giant building, a building you've been in before, Magisai, as you realize you are now in the lobby of the cursed mansion. We never left. It's dark, barely lit, as you would look around and feel that this curse isn't as strong as it used to be. That feeling of death, that smell of just decay isn't in the air yet. Mm -hmm. And it's not as broken. The The mantle in the center is completely intact and holds something precious. Something that is gleaming with magical power. Can I roll Arcana on it? Okay. Yeah, so like, I'll, 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 like I'm gonna get not uh, close enough for me to see what it is. Because right now, okay. she doesn't know if that's either the whole host of a curse. Like, did I just find the core of the mansion? Or I just somehow got brought back here. Because yeah. I, right now, she believes we never left the mansion. As you get close, the light from this magic dims out a little bit. 22. Yes, you see a scroll, and with that 22, you realize it's a scroll that has magic imbued in it. Like, it's a spell. It's a spell to use. What spell is it? Do you want to grab it and can I just? I, I can't. I just can't read it from there? No, it's rolled up. Oh. It's just a spell, like, with a 22 arcana. I'm not going to mess around with you and say that there's a trap. It's a spell. Okay. That's what I was more worried about. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, like... I, I reach in and I, I, I grab it. Okay. Uh, can I, I just want to open it enough to see what it is, but not to use it. Okay. You slowly slide open the scroll and you could feel its power emanating from it as you just take a little peek at it as you see the runes and you recognize them as power word kill. As behind you the doors begin to creak open and you see Brackus Stonetooth. Well, well, well. What is a witch's plaything doing in my domain? Where's your shield, little girl? As the doors begin to close behind him. And just Brackus breaks out into a full sprint. You're the reason that I died. I will make sure you suffer the same fate. Um, can you make me a wisdom save? <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Oh, no. What'd you get? Uh, wisdom. That's plus three. No, I'm not proficient. That's a 12. You turn into a rabbit. Oh, so- shit. I cast Polymorph, one of my spells I got from the level up that Justin gave me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's a rabbit. Is a rabbit. Yep. Until his HP drops from zero from what a rabbit HP is, or until uh, an hour is up. So when you turn into a rabbit, uh, I kneel down. I look at you go. I, I pet you. And you see in the eyes pity. Frustrated squeaking commences as Black Slime also 
comes out of the mouth of this rabbit. You fucked up on one thing, Flip. Brackus wouldn't talk to me like that. You could have got me, but you didn't. But can't cry over every little thing because you're still alive. And I can't cry until you are dead. And I just pick you up. Uh, what to do? What to do? What do I remember in this dun? The lich in the basement's dead. I murdered him and his followers. Oh, this looks like way before you guys arrived. Really? Since it's so healed up, there's no, like, dust like there was before. I head to the kitchen. Okay. You head through where there was all that broken glass and that huge monster. This place is actually like a dance room as you walk through a big ornate door to the dining room where there's this long, long table and all of these plates and forks and knives and spoons all set neatly as if waiting for a large dinner. I'm heading to a kitchen. Okay, you keep going into the kitchen. And you see all these burners. You see the freezer. Is there a stove? Yes. I light the stove. I proceed to put the rabbit in the stove and shut the door. And then I barricade it. Okay. As the oven begins to light, the bunny shape loses form into a brackish form. Yep. And what do you say, Brackus, as you start to burn alive? You are, as I said, you killed me. You start to burn and burn as Magisai watches, and the infection begins to lose its grip on your anger. Magisai, I'm sorry. This thing is still in me. It has a hold on my mind. Uh, Just get it done with. Uh, so, as soon as uh, I hear that, I, I open up the oven. Oh, your first mistake. Time to finish you properly. Flip, if you're somehow getting this message right now, <laughs> I want you to know, I'm coming for you. As Brackus rises, and extremely quickly, he goes for a lethal strike. I'm just going to cast kill. And so that word reverberates through the house as he pauses right before this punch would have knocked you in the throat. As Brackus, you feel yourself crumbling from within. Thank you. Uh, so as he starts crumbling, I, I, I put my, my hand on Brackus's cheek. Tears start coming down her eyes and I look at him and go, you really didn't deserve this. All you wanted was a bar. I guess you're right. I am the one who killed Barakus. Glacio the Penguin. Hello, Nelson. Hi. <laughs> you have just did this fight with Nexus, and he's shrunk, and... From around the corner down the street comes... I mean, this is probably coming after <laughs> Magisai. Justin, remember, do this after Magisai. <laughs> and there's this group of people coming down the street and just annihilating left and right these standing net-net people. And as they get closer, you can see it's just a mishmash of different people. 
And the woman in front says, it's okay. We're immune. Are you infected? Uh, no. Not anymore, at least. You're standing next to Nep-Nep, just a, a penguin next to a penguin. And they all start splitting off as people don't really pay attention to, like, they don't expect you to be <laughs> sentient, almost. It's like, you get lost within the crowd. Um, hey, kind of just helped take care of this. You hear this weird, almost like a slap on the ground behind you, less than half a second's worth of sound. Uh-huh. You turn around and nothing's there. Hmm. Am I going crazy? Or is there just a lot going on? I say, talking to myself. (laughs) And as you turn back around, you see a bundle of tentacles on the ground that's just squirming and reaching towards you, and it makes that same sound, and then it disappears. Uh... Your eyes are covered in that tentacle, and you feel instantly cold. But cold in a good way. You love this cold. Hey... (laughs) as you find yourself standing in an ice cavern and you instantly recognize it as the place in your hometown where all of these ancient foretellings were told. It was told on the walls in ancient carvings into the ice, except you feel drips on your head as the room is almost warm and it's melting. I go deeper into it. This, this, this isn't right. You take a few steps forward, down further into the ancient foretellings, and it starts to collapse a little bit, like the wall shifts and goes down. And you see something that no one has seen in hundreds of years. It's a bit of the ancient foretelling of Nep-Nep that no one has ever seen. It's a new bit of the prophecy. I go up to read it. Or interpret it. A history check, then? You know what? Yes, to see how it applies. Twelve. <laughs> okay, it doesn't totally click. <laughs> but you can read it, no problem. Nep-Nep. The god who triggers the apocalypse in this world. Apparently is just a normal penguin. He isn't a god, but there is a godlike penguin in the prophecy. Nepnep is the cause of the world ending, but only so that the world can have peace. Peace that comes after a penguin with tentacles makes a necessary sacrifice. Um, I, I stand there a bit confused, like, there's never been anyone with tentacles, though. But I just felt some on me oh god damn it you hear some yelling outside like a hey someone calling in i turn back who is it who's there it's me flip what the hell are you doing here flip i mean it's not actually me glacio i'm you know infected hive mind all that come out let's have a conversation it's just you and me I'm not part of your hive mind anymore. Oh yeah, I know that. I know that. I cautiously start walking towards Flip. You get out into 
a dark day. And you can see the fishing holes that you used to use just bubbling with black slime. There's cracks all along the land of this place, and the monuments you once knew are mostly melted. And you see a singular penguin standing like 40 feet away, sludge dripping from the nose as he stares at you. You don't recognize him. So Flip, mind explaining how and what you're doing? Oh, I'm ending the world. But that's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. And he looks around and he says, Their strongest warrior left to explore the world. They were already infected here. Probably soon after you left, there's no one here to defend them. But I'm not going to lie, you are going to die here right now. Nexus doing that for you really pissed me off. So, uh, any last words? Go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) He smiles as much as a penguin can. And then he just falls to the ground. Dead. Uh, I thought I was supposed to die. Oh god, what the hell's happening here? The ground begins to crack a lot. As this land that you stand on is splitting into just chunks and chunks and chunks as the waves underneath is breaking it apart and something rises from the water something dozens and dozens and dozens of feet tall a huge tentacled monster what Glacio would know as the fabled Kraken Glacio stands in a bit of like disbelief that no 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 this is bullshit not supposed to be happening this isn't real as three tentacles come down to strike you. Um, reflex check? That's a different addition. <laughs> oh, uh, what the fuck can I do here? Well, I roll and just you pray to a deity. Okay. A 22 to hit. That hits. A 30 to hit. I'm down. And a 19 to hit. Yeah, all those hit, Justin. One of them grabs you, and you're being crushed in one of the tentacles as you take 65 damage. I'm unconscious. Wow. Holy shit. I was at 14 health. What's your max health, quick? 75. Okay, good. As you go unconscious... This thing is squeezing the life out of you, and you actually see black sludge dripping out of your mouth as you realize that you are still infected. Nexus took out the thing that connected you to Flip. You are your own person, Glacio, still infected, but dying, as it puts you to its grinding, chomping teeth and bites down as you are now dying. You fall into a black slime because there's nothing left of you and you fall down and down to its stomach and there's a tiny light, Glacio, as you find yourself in this this infinite void of whiteness, standing, complete, healthy. You blink a few times and then you realize that you are standing back 
in this ice world that you were just in, except dozens of feet taller. Your slime connected to something within the Kraken, this infected Kraken, and now you are the Kraken. <laughs> As one of the penguins comes up from the water and stands there looking up at you as you blink and uh, it stares at you and just says no fucking way and uh, dozens of more penguins start popping out of the water preparing to kill you because you have just become an extremely powerful penguin (laughs) and uh, well how do you react? I'm gonna start like trying to run away so I don't want to hurt anyone. You just dive into the water? What the fuck is happening? Did, did, did someone slip me some drugs? <laughs> Good question. Magicide is gonna kill me. I can't be infected. You dive deeper and deeper. All these penguins are piercing the water and chasing you, and then they dissolve into a black slime. And to a black sludge creature that rivals the size of this kraken as it dives down towards you with these huge two arms and grasps two of your tentacles. What do you do? I want to hit the thing grabbing me. Three of the tentacles attack. All right, that's a 2d6 plus three. 14, that's a complete success. (laughs) So you snap. That's the highest number I've seen so far. So you snap the thing's neck off of its shoulders and it lets go briefly as you dive deeper and deeper. And it also summons these tentacles to swim just as fast as you. And it heals its head back on and it dives deeper and deeper until you're in the deep, deep sea, far, far underwater. And it's throwing all of these spears at you underwater in order to pin you into the ground. What do you do? I want to cast um, Lightning Storm to try to hit the thing coming at me. Oh, shit. Okay. Mixed success. There's nothing that you could see for this Lightning Storm under the water, deep, deep under the water. But this lightning that you cracked from the sky is so powerful that it pierces the sea and goes down and hits it. But it connects to one of the spears that it threw, and it just barely touches you and shocks you. And it stuns you for a moment. It leaves you slightly vulnerable. But this slime has broken apart a lot. And you can see within this slime is like a giant cluster of these eggs. And the slime forms back around that cluster in order to protect it. And it looks mean-mugging at you again, ready to fight. I want to fling my Kraken self at the center where I saw the eggs. Okay. Using the multi-attack again. So what are you trying to do? I'm just, I'm trying to tackle the egg sack out of... Okay, sick. Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Complete success with a 10. And... Before it can fully reform, you tackle that 
cluster of eggs right out from its gut and you're holding it within your tentacles and it forms back together into a separate entity and it's staring at the cluster of eggs in your hand and it swims at you with all of its tentacles and its arms trying to grab at the tentacles and the egg cluster. How do you react? I want to crush all the eggs I'm holding. Okay. Give me a body roll Mm -hmm. to see if you can beat this thing there. Oh my goodness. (laughs) You can't lose. (laughs) They got a 12. And you just wrap it in four of your tentacles. No escaping this. And just crush it into nothing with your giant Kraken tentacles. And it reaches, it almost touches you, but it just dissolves into like this oily fluid in the water. I start swimming up back towards like the surface. Okay. You get back up over the surface and you see your broken down hometown. Ash, you slowly open your eyes as you realize you're being rained on and you're on a muddy floor. It is cloudy and this is an unfamiliar place. You see huge trees and stone houses and you hear a singular person laughing and cheering in the background as you cough and struggle to get up because the life was just choked out of you. And you go back unconscious for what seems like a moment as you know you need to keep your eyes open Hmm. and you see Groff approaching you holding a torch and he's leaning over you as you struggle to even move a muscle and in his hand on this torch you see the eternal flame It looks normal to most people, but it shines and crackles and burns just like the legend said it would. And he looks at you and says, What's better than burning a god? Burning the most prolific fire expert to death. Thank you for everything, Ash. I mean that. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. And he's slowly bringing the torch to your clothes. And you hear from, in the distance, someone say, Hey, leave the kid alone. And he's hit with a crossbow bolt. And he staggers backward like 10 feet away from you. And distantly, someone says, Go Flungo! As he spins around, angrily pulling the bolt out. And he raises his arms as this circular wall of fire appears around you. And during this moment, you're struggling to get up. There's this 20-foot diameter circle now for you to move in. Mm. But give me a heart roll. Actually, what do you do when you get up before you roll this? He's going to get up in order to throw his throw his returning dagger at Groff. Oh, okay. Uh, you said a heart roll? Oh, man. Oh, no. (laughs) That's bad. You struggle to get up, and as you get to your feet, your leg gives out as you throw your knife, and it Mm. goes past him, 
and he looks back angrily at you and he screams this guttural scream as he tackles you and brings you over to the fire and starts burning your head and shoulder in the fire and it's just this intense heat as your skin begins to crackle uh what do you do so you said gross like holding him right yeah uh so he's gonna take his hand and put it right up to his face and cast frostbite okay what are you trying to do by doing uh, this mainly just push him back okay but also just to see how much of his face he could freeze i guess all right give me a uh, body roll Oh no, another failure. You shoot this frostbite into his face and sludge comes out and drips onto you as it heals almost instantly. And he picks you up and puts even more of you in the flame as your arm begins to start to shrivel. You're both standing now, but you're like a foot off the ground. Right, in in the fire. Uh, I'm going to use the effect of my shield and repel him back 15 feet. Okay, cool. Uh, Give me a... Give me a mind roll. There you go. That's better. Complete success with a 10. Woo! Oh, and also step out of the fire, if that's that's possible. Okay. As he's blasted backwards, and the blast is strong, but he stays on his feet Mm. as he just stares you down as you get your bearings back as you stand in front of this wall of fire and he reaches into his bag and pulls out a component bag he reaches in and pulls out a jar and tosses it to ash i'm gonna gently like catch it and without the jar breaking okay you see a bunch of weird runes on it and it looks like it once housed something something fire related and you recognize the runes it's the same kind of fire that you remember from your childhood that burned down your forest and he says you should be thankful too when i escaped the explosion i was setting a lot of fires a little birdie told me that i actually burned down an elven camp somewhere in that forest sound familiar and uh Ash is just going to kind of look up at him. He's going to say, uh, you know, why? At this point, I guess you could say we're even. And he says, not yet. And he snaps and he's engulfed in flames. Flames are coming out of his eyes, out of his mouth as he steps towards you. And then he starts jogging towards you. What do you do? Uh, Ash is going to also run forward with the shield and see if he could do the repel thing again. Um, okay. But see if, like, it basically just kind of, like, try and, like, keep him mainly behind the shield, I guess. But I guess the, the repel thing would be his, 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 his goal. Let's do another mind okay. again. An eight, a mixed success. Okay. So he runs up to you, you run up to him and you meet in the middle of this loud explosion of this shield backing him away from you. But in this moment, in this explosion of energy, you feel hotness on your back as he's just controlled the fire from the wall of fire to hit you in the back and you are now on fire. Just your, your, the back of your cloak. Right. So Ash is going to take the cloak off 
and kind of like throw it to the side. Actually, he's going to throw it into the fire, the ring of fire. Okay. And um, yeah, he's just he's going to run up to uh, to to Groff and uh, try and stab him with the with the dagger again. Okay. Uh, he's prepared for you. He looks like when you run up to him, he smiles. At this point, regardless of what his brain would normally tell him, he's Ash is just kind of he's just very out of it. Uh, so he's gonna he's gonna go for it anyway. All right, roll body with a seven, a partial success. Mm. You stab him in the chest, and he laughs as he says, "That's not going to do anything, Ash. I have ascended. I can be with the flames and not die." And he grabs you and encases you with the flames that he is in. Mm. And he's laughing as he's burning you alive. Okay. Uh, so Ashley's going to look up at him, like in, the, in his face. And uh, he's going to say, I was burned like this once before, and it didn't kill me then. I've learned when back away and to accept what life has given me. And he's going to use the shield again. Just right in between you two. <laughs> 13, full success. He's blasted away from you through the wall of fire and he disappears just for a moment and you stand in this circle looking all around you as you could hear him laughing as he appears to be walking within the wall of fire and just looking at you and he says why ash why did you turn on me why did you turn on the fire the fire has done nothing but destroy and he's going to, like, you know, look down at himself and point to the shield and the dagger and everything. And uh, he's going he's gonna to say, I've learned how to create. And there's one last thing that I need to destroy before I can continue. Is that bolt still on the ground? Oh, yeah, it's nearby. Ash is going to pick that up. And uh, he's going he's gonna to throw it and cast Conjure Barrage. Sick. Right. As, as the barrage of arrows start to form in the air and they're launched he actually makes himself appear in this cocky show as he runs forward with a knife this time in order to gut you give me a uh yeah give me a mind oh boy a seven (sighs) (laughs) just barely not a failure Mm. i think you've had the worst rolls yet sweet as he runs forward, he is impaled all around his body with all of these bolts, and he still trudges forward into you with this large dagger, and he stabs it into your chest. And he says, I can't die, Ash. You can. This is it. I've won. Ash is going to look up at him, and uh, he's going to say, I, uh, I can't die just yet. I've got a bakery to run. And uh, he's going to start trying to choke Groff. Oh, shit. Uh, is that body? Yeah, that would be a body. 11. <coughs> oh, shit. Full success. As you start choking him, at first, the strength isn't there. <laughs> as he just kind of laughs at your attempt. And you really, really get into it. This is the new Ash, the one who doesn't rely on fire or anything but his mind 
and his body. And you put everything into it, and he lets go of the dagger that's still in you. And uh, you're actually pushing him back a couple feet as he just stares at you, dumbfounded at this. And uh, as he's doing it, Ash is going to look at him, and he's going to go, Like you said, you're, you're fighting with someone who used to be one of the most knowledgeable, peop- knowledgeable people in the world about fire. And one of the things you learn is how to put it out and a surefire way is to get rid of oxygen. And he's going to squeeze tighter. Okay. In retaliation to that, he takes out the dagger and prepares something. So what are you trying to do? Oh, jeez. I guess uh, Ash is going to start to try and pull him down to see if he could throw him into the into the mud and, and just choke him like that. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. A five, a complete failure. Uh. As you try to make him get to the ground Mm. he smirks as he stabs the knife through your hand and into his own neck as he gurgles out I don't need breath ash I can't die as he swipes and your pinky and ring finger on that hand are gone oh shit and uh at this point, he's not. Ash isn't even like registering any pain yet. It's uh, he's he's very shocked at the moment. So he's gonna take his his hand now, and uh, he's actually gonna throw uh, the blood in the in the Groff's eyes. Okay, just blind him, and then what? Uh, if if he gets blinded, then he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna throw him a right hook. Damn. <laughs> Is giving me mob psycho vibes when he's, he's trying just, not to use his psychic powers. He's just going for it. Like he's he doesn't he does not care anymore. He's just trying to live. Damn, an oh. eleven. <laughs> it's just failure and then like full success one after the other. As this blood sprays in his face and he looks for a fraction of a second backwards as it gets in his eye. And as he looks back at you, you give him like the hardest haymaker you've ever done and might ever will do. Mm. Yeah, that sounds and about right. <laughs> it hurts your fingers and your wrist, but he goes down onto the ground as this dagger still remains in your chest. As, as his wounds heal from the arrow barrage... You can see that the quickest healing comes from around the gut area. Mm. Okay. As he's starting to get up. As he's starting to get up, Ash is going to like rip the dagger out of his chest. And uh, he's going to just kind of like throw himself down on him and see if he can cut the stomach open. Okay. Okay, shit. (laughs) He's just going for it. He's like, I see that. I see that. Oh, shit. An eight. A mixed success. As you tackle him to the ground and start sawing at the at the stomach, you see an egg in there. Mm. A pulsating egg that has a bunch of spines attached to various bits in his body. And uh, as soon as you see that, he punches you hard in the face. Oh. And you are knocked off of him a few feet away towards the fire wall. And you go unconscious for just a second. As you regain consciousness, he's pouring the gasoline from your old component bag onto you. What do you do? Yeah. Damn. 
So does Ash remember like where in the body the egg was? Yeah, just direct center in the gut. Uh, he's gonna Ash is gonna like kind of like covertly like while he's having the the, the gasoline or the oil poured poured on him. He's gonna kind of line up the shot with the with the bottle and where the egg was, and he's actually gonna uncork the bottle, and uh, he's gonna cast catapult and see if he can get it to shoot right through and get the egg. Oh shit! Uh, All right, give me a mind roll. This is definitely a mind roll. Oh, straight up, full success. You pinpoint it with your very smart eyes. <laughs> you very smart. <laughs> calculus using eyes mm. as you blast it upwards it goes clear over the tree line as you just see a hole in his gut and he stops what he's doing and he just falls to his knees reminiscent of when he was in the ship and the flames all around him and the flames on him start to subside as he just looks really really burnt now and He's kneeling there, and he coughs, and he just smiles at you, and he says, For your information, dying does hurt. And there's a lot of black sludge coming from his wounds, and he's just kneeling there, looking away from you. And uh, he turns back to you and says, Burn me with the eternal flame. Please, just give me this. And, uh... Ash is going to walk over and he's going to pick up the torch and he's just going to kind of like have it in his hand and he's going to look at Groff and uh, he kind of looks back and forth between the, the torch and him and he goes I gave this up a long time ago I should have given it up longer with everything that I've done to you I suppose I can go back on my word one more time and uh, he's going to he's gonna light Groff on fire and just take a couple steps back As he goes up in flames, he doesn't wince, he doesn't scream, he just smiles. And he says, you're gonna need that later for the fight ahead. And he's falling on his hands and knees now and to his stomach. And he says, I meant it when I said I'm thankful for you. Thank you. As he burns. And he burns until there's nothing left, until the flame can't burn anything left on him and he's gone and uh Ash is kind of just standing there he's actually going to go through the component bag and take out another uh, another like jar and he's going to take the flame and put it in the jar and kind of just hang it on the inside of his armor and uh He's, he's going to look around and see if he could figure out where he is. Long ago, before the vampires and gnolls, Gertrude met Frolic under troubling circumstances. This meeting led to the banishment of Frolic to another dimension. Or so Gertrude thought. The time fluctuators Frolic had in hand reacted with the banishment spell, sending her forward in time. What she then witnessed was pure destruction on a worldwide scale. For days she trekked through a lifeless apocalyptic wasteland, trying to piece together what could cause something like this. But there is nothing. 
She finds shelter in a rundown tower that actually has some salvageable machinery inside. Frolic spends months combing through the pieces, slowly constructing something that can send her back. When she finally goes back, she does not go for Gertrude. Instead, she heads out in search for information. There's rumbles of a kingdom destroyed by a spider hydra, a vampire uprising in Crackle Keep, and something big happening in the capital. And the capital city is where for the next few years she spends most of her time watching the world end over and over in various yet similar ways. She meets heroes, villains, criminals, and victims. Heroes turned villains and villains turned heroes. Consistent onslaught from Stevie at the head of the vampires. Ash at the head of a group of bandits that burn everything in their wake. Cranberry in the belly of a spider hydra. Nino destroyed by Flip in a grab for Loward. No sight of Cinder. Loss after loss after loss, trying for years to change the destiny of the world. Until now. It took what seemed like a lifetime to put all the pieces into place. And with time travel, you never know what affects what. And so, she finds herself back at the base for a future time travel tower. But something lies in wait. A death bird lifts her from the ground and onto the roof of the tower. She sits, bleeding, thinking, great, the world ends by the hands of a big bird. But then, as we all know, there is a glimmer of hope. As a robot man and his centaur friend round the edge, as Frolic's plan to save the world is put into place. All of our heroes at once, across time and space, Hear Frolic's final message. Everyone, everyone, it's me, Frolic. I don't have time to explain to everyone who I am, but to those who haven't met me, I'm... I'm basically a time-traveling goblin. There should be an exit nearby. There's a dozen more of those things here, and they're just shredding us. Goro, behind you! It's really rough out here. Hurry! I'm not gonna make it. The power it takes to bring you all back will overload the system and basically blow me to bits. This is our last chance, everyone. Thanks for all the adventures. As nearby there is a crackle of energy as in the direction of the torch in between there is a blue 10 foot wide orb floating there am i unconscious or am i like dying state still this has made you open your eyes a little bit more as you feel a little bit of strength letting you move forward am i do i still have my sword or no yes it's okay. like five feet away from you as you collapsed. I, I I reach over and I grab that, and uh, I'm going to use it to help me up as I I grab it and I, I hold myself up and I I, I laugh. Uh, she starts hobbling towards it. They both look around for this, this doorway, and do they see a floating orb? Yes, there's a floating orb 
where the the demonic ritual was once cast on cranberry you could see the rune on the ground as you step forward and look at it stevie immediately runs and grabs it cranberry approaches holds his hand out but then looks back sorry martin time to make salt what you did mean something and he grabs the orb oh fuck uh okay (laughs) as a blue orb appears nearby it's just this big blue orb of energy it's about 10 feet in diameter and Valtier looks at that and looks at you and he says well if you're truly from the future then I have to get back to my cabin I need to keep on the path that leads you to become someone Loward can be proud of I have a robot guy to mess with. Um, I think I've met him, actually. (laughs) He's a nice guy. He's interesting so far. (laughs) Good luck, Nino. May Loward be with you. And may Loward be with you. As uh, Nino sees that orb, uh, looks at Saki, it's kind of like that stupid goblin. I don't understand, but I guess we don't have a choice. Let's go save the world? And Saki's like, this one never thought they'd do that. But sure, this one has to go meet somebody anyways. And uh, Faltier waves as he takes off down the road. As you two begin to enter this orb, Saki takes one last look around and spots himself laying on the ground in his warlock robes, who he used to be. And um, hit him seeing that, he'd probably, uh, he would probably, he would look at it, look away, and uh, say, good riddance. Right, so Cinder turns around to see what Frolic was talking about. As you see a floating, ten-foot, blue glowing orb. Well, no time like the present. And she just lunges for this. As you wander your way back to the lobby, and you get to those doors, and of course, they're locked. And (laughs) you laugh at the irony of being stuck in the cursed mansion again. Oh, yeah. As you hear a voice in your head. She, uh, she like looks, looks around the mansion. And there's a blue glowing orb in front of the mantelpiece. As, uh, she starts heading towards the thing. As nearby floating in the ocean is this 10 foot wide blue sphere of energy. I start swimming towards it. You swim towards it, and you bring a tentacle to try to go through it. And it actually stings you once you try to fit through it, because you're so big. And almost like your body willed it, you start hacking up something. And you spit up the corpse of a penguin. And you begin to shrink in your kraken body. And all of this slime, all of it, like this 
50-ton kraken goes all into this glacio dead body and you refill up. You look anew again as you look around wildly, almost as if it was a dream, next to this blue orb. Uh, okay. I, like, poke the orb with my flipper. Yeah. As nearby, a ten-foot blue crackling orb appears. Uh, Ash is going to walk up to it and just kind of place his hand on it. The energy flows through your hands and up through your body as you disappear. 